So good morning everyone and uh, we've been going through the whole council of god and uh, we are at, uh, we've gone through the old testament we have seen the whole uh, story through the old testament we have seen how the 66 books uh, sorry the uh, the uh, old testament 39 books have panned out we have seen uh, god being so uh, active through the ages and uh, we've also seen that uh, there is one story which is coming through in the entire thing right we've seen how uh, even though there are 40 human authors there is a theme which is central there is a story which is coming out and uh, when we go through that it's so beautiful and wonderful to see that and what is that thread the thread we are seeing is is that there is a plan right the person of the of christ is coming through in every moment when we look at it there is a plan for redemption there is a plan where in spite of so many failures and uh, setbacks for the children of israel and things like that there's always a plan for redemption and we are seeing god's program through the ages and at this moment we have come to the point of the new testament and you know just before this we went through the through the uh, intertestamental period and we saw how even in, in those times where god seemed silent there was a lot of things happening in the background there were a lot of things happening in the background which was to lay the foundation for this portion today which is the birth of christ and when we come here uh, before we go into 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 the details of the birth of christ we, we need to just do a quick recap so we'll go and see what what is the promises from the old yeah. testament and we have we have seen all of this already right we have we have been through all these passages but it's a quick recap and we'll start with Ad, adam and eve adam and eve and during the time god created this world and the universe he created man in his own image in his own image it was so personal that's in genesis 127 and he formed man out of dust again with his hands and he breathed life into his nostrils you know in the college study which we we have in that what we learned so wonderfully is that that initial breath which was breathed breathed or breathed into adam that is what is continuing over the ages and is in us that breath that first breath has never ceased it's gone through the ages through the decades over 6000 plus years and that is what that breath of life is what is in us that physical you know so personal he our lord god creator put that breath into adam he wanted a communion with us he wanted a close communion with us right we see our, we we see that in genesis 2 uh, 8 to 25 and in spite of that man failed right we saw the first sin we saw how sin separated us from god there was a separation that communion which was supposed to be there has been broken and because of that god puts a curse on satan because he's the one who initiated that but man fell for it right and man fell into sin so let's just look at genesis 3:15 genesis 3:15 is where we see the promise and god says i will put enmity between you that is satan and the woman and between your seed and her seed he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel and we all learned from that uh, passage few months back that this seed is jesus christ this 
Jesus Christ is there in the redemption plan right from creation, way back in Genesis 1, way back in Genesis, 1, in Genesis 3. And you know that redemption plan is God's promise to do something about that sin. That separation which has come about, God has a plan to bring it back. There is a redemption. And that promise is Eve's seed, her descendant will remove Satan's grip. Satan's grip on humanity will be removed. And there will, there will be redemption in that one man. Through one man, sin entered. But through one man, there will be redemption for the entire world. And this is what we keep seeing through the whole counsel of God. And then we saw the Abrahamic covenant. And there also, there is a mention of a seed. right? There are three promises there in Genesis 12, verse 1 to 3. Verse 1 says, I will give you land. And in verse 2, it says, I will make you a great nation. And these are the first two promises we kept going through in the Old Testament, right? The blessings, we have not really seen it come alive yet. And that blessing, as we, as we studied today also, right? The blessings, it was just a shadow in the past. But the real blessing is, is to come. The blessing has come. And that is through our Lord Jesus Christ. And in verse 3, it says, in you, that is in through Abraham, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. All peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. And this again points to his seed, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that seed is going to be a blessing, not just for Israel. You know, the Israelites thought they were a great nation. You know, we are exclusive. You know, God, it's our God. It's not like that, right? God had a plan for the entire world. And this blessing for the, was for the entire world, for all the Gentile nations, including us. And that is the promise we are going to see being played out. And then we have the Davidic covenant, right? And in the Davidic covenant, what happened just before that? God wanted to be king over Israel, right? God wanted to have that personal relationship and be king over Israel. But what do the Israelites do? No, no. See, all those nations, they have kings. It looks really cool. We also want a king. And they demanded that God give them a king. And their choice was Saul. And we all know that Saul failed. right? And then God places David, God's chosen king, as the king of Israel. And David had a desire. And that you will see in 2 Samuel 7.2. David says, I have a beautiful house, but my Lord doesn't have a house. And he says, I, you know, he, his, his plan is to try and build a temple for the Lord, but the Lord had different plans. The Lord did not want David to build that temple. And we'll, we'll see what happens in 2 Samuel 7, 11 to 14. The Lord says that he will make you a house. The Lord is, you know, trying to be very, very funny. You say you want to build me a house. I will build you a house. You're not going to build, my, build the house for me. Your son will, but not you. I will build you a house. And then we all, you know, David must be thinking, what house? You know, I have a beautiful house already. Right? I, don't, I don't need another house. And then it says in verse 12, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish his throne of his kingdom forever. How beautiful, right? David was thinking of a physical house. But here, the Lord God is saying, I will make you a dynasty. I will make you a powerful dynasty. And not only that, through you will come a king who will be an everlasting king. A king who will reign forever. 
and the kingdom of david will reign forever what an amazing promise right and this is what he is promising david and let's see if these things come alive and you know um these promises the three promises which i've laid out there as you can see is david will will see a prominent physical physical descendant one prominent physical descendant who would change the world and we know that's jesus david's seed will rule a eternal kingdom and and we see that right in that verse it says in verse 14 i will be his father and he shall be my son what a beautiful promise this seed of david will have a personal father son relationship with god the father and we'll see that pan out in a few verses in micah 5 verse 2 we went through this this as well in micah 5 verse 2 it says but you bethlehem ephrata though you are little among the thousands of juda yet out of you shall come forth to me one to be ruler in israel you know this bethlehem town was a small you could even say insignificant town it was the birthplace of david yes but it was just you know the bread basket of that area you know just farmlands and shepherds and and flock you know nothing great uh, there to see but even that small town it was not even among the biggest clans of juda it was a very small town but out of there it says the one to be ruler in israel who's going forth are from the old from everlasting so two promises there one this child this supernatural child would be born in a small town called bethlehem and secondly this child would be an everlasting from old ancient of days not that this child is just born but this child was uh, christ lord lord jesus who was present from the ancient of days so we'll see these two promises also come alive and in isaiah 7 verse 14 it says therefore the lord himself will give a sign behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name emmanuel we have few promises coming here in this verse and in isaiah 9 6 also we have a few promises unto us a child is born unto us a son is given the government will be upon his shoulders the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace you know these promises are of a miraculous conception and it's a powerful sign that a virgin will bring forth a a a person who is who does not have a human father but god would be his father and this child it, it again reemphasizes that this child would be god himself and finally that word emmanuel promise of god being with us emmanuel god with us so let's look at what happens in the events leading to christ's birth we saw the intertestamental period right we saw the time where uh, you know the jewish exiles were coming back to juda roads were being built by the romans the language was standardized to 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 greek by the by the by the greek and all this was being prepared for the lord's coming and before the lord came angel gabriel visits zachariah and there he tells that his son will have a purpose his son being john the baptist and what is the main reason for john the, john the baptist to come you know there's so many years of silence there's no prophets people are not hearing from god but then we see this vision of john the baptist going to come and what is john the baptist going to do he's going to make ready 
a people prepared for the lord he's preparing the people for the lord's coming he is going to prepare the people and bring them back to the lord because they all all in their own ways and then we see the angel visiting mary and that is in luke 1:32 to 33 so let's turn there and let's let's be there. so we can we have now come coming closer to to the passages and let's look at luke 2 luke uh, luke 1 and also have uh, have your finger on uh, matthew 1 when we go back to that side as well Luke one thirty two and thirty three, thirty two and thirty three says, "He will be great, and he will be called Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there shall be no end." Again, we see you know this going back about the throne and the forever, the kingdom which will be forever, an eternal kingdom, and. you know if you put yourself in mary's place you'll be like wait wait what's happening the son of god is going to come through me i am going to bring forth this child who was promised and who was 34 she asked said how can this be right and in in uh, in the next few verses we see that the angel answers her and says the holy spirit shall come upon come upon you the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore also the holy one who is to be born will be called the son of god will be called the son of god a very clear revelation that the son to be born will be will be the son of god and how how does mary answer right you know you you would think mary would you i mean it, it's it's scary right in those days uh, with so much stigma attached to it to be with child uh, without being married and mary's response is behold the maid servant of the lord let it let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her and this is this is mary's faith right and we see that continuing if you if uh, we don't have time to go that uh, in depth but if you look at uh, the next few verses in 46 onwards and this is mary's song and she magnifies the lord the verse one says my soul magnifies the lord my spirit has rejoiced in god my savior she is going to go through some social stigma and she says god is my savior she understood that she is special and she is going to bring forth the savior to the world and we see in the next few verses also some more beautiful things where she says in verse 49 for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name verse 50 and his mercy is on those who fear him and here we see the salvation of our lord jesus christ and and that it is a blessing which is for everyone it is available for everyone but it is specific to those who fear him it is specific for those who fear him brothers and sisters i hope you'll understand how our lord jesus christ has made himself available for each one of us but it is up to us to choose him to understand that his sacrifice was great for us and his mercy is for those who will fear him and let's now look at uh, at uh, matthew uh, matthew 1 and this is uh, joseph and you know in 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 joseph's case the angels don't come and talk to him directly the angels talk to him in dreams and here he's he's wondering what do i do right he's he's now come to know that his 
his wife to be is is with child and he's wondering what do i do and being a just man he wanted to do it do it privately and cut it off and then while he was thinking these things in matthew 1 we look at chapter uh, uh, matthew 1 verse 20 and while he thought these things behold an angel of the lord appeared to him in a dream saying joseph son of david so beautiful right i mean matthew wants us to know this guy is the son of david he is in the lineage of david do not be afraid take to you mary your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the holy spirit and he will bring forth a son and you shall call his name jesus jesus salvation to all of us for he will save his people from their sins just in case you all don't know what the word jesus means it's matthew makes it even more clear that his purpose is to save us from our sins and this is beautiful how the way it's all is prepared and at this point i just want to look at the genealogy of christ very very quickly and and we all know also how how matthew responds in faith and that's in verse 24 and matthew being aroused from his sleep did as the angel commanded him and took to him his wife yeah and i just want to quickly go through the genealogy of christ and you know many times it skipped over but this is a beautiful passage uh, I, i i'll be honest many years i was like okay names 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 next right but you know when we go through the old testament you'll suddenly see a name and it strikes you i've seen this somewhere else and when you go to the genealogy of christ hey this guy is here and it's beautifully pans out right and uh, i'll just call you know from the beginning in verse 2 we see abraham uh, we all know uh, we all read about abraham we read about jacob and and uh, uh, isaac the patriarchs right judah right the tribe of judah and you see here right down there judah is not the first son he is down there somewhere right but judah is chosen the tribe of judah if you look at any time in numbers or anywhere about the tribe of judah the tribe of judah was the most prominent tribe the most powerful tribe the tribe which led the armies and when i was reading that i also saw another name which was in numbers 10 14 numbers numbers 2 3 says nashon the son of aminadab shall be the leader of the children of judah and then in 1014 it shows how the camps would form and how each tribe would go into battle and who is ahead judah the standard of the camp that's numbers 1014 says that standard of the camp of the children of judah set out first among their enemies over their army was nashon the son of aminadab and you will see that if you are in matthew 1 you will see him in verse number 4 being called out in the genealogy of christ these were powerful men in god's genio in our lord jesus's genealogy and then we go when we go down we see boaz right who is called the kingsman redeemer and who and he is a person who will who will uh, redeem the vulnerable and what does jesus do he is our redeemer the weak he has redeemed us and we keep going down and then you and then when you look from verse uh, verse 6 onwards you know it's it i i added flavor to it in my notes it says in verse 6 it says and jesse the father of david it's not just father of david jesse the father of king david king david the father of king solomon you know you need to put the word king right between from 6 all the way to 10 brothers all of them are kings 
he is in the line of all those kings you know somewhere in in maybe reho uh, Ab- uh i don't know esa or jehoshaphat it could have branched out and he could have been uh, you know the brother of that king son no all the kings right up to very last king jeconiah he is there in the lineage of christ and then when we go down zerubbabel didn't we read about read about zerubbabel few weeks back a leader who brought the people back that's what christ christ is going to do to us he's going to bring us back into his fold how beautiful right how it this is the lineage of our lord jesus christ but you know in spite in 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 uh, and through all that uh, you know um, luke will then luke traces it slightly differently and he takes the uh, davidic biological line through mary and matthew traces it through the son of david's rich lineal her- uh, legal heritage and the monarchy and david uh, joseph being jesus's legal father right so through both sides jesus is connected to sorry about that yeah both sides oh sorry you moved yeah so both sides you'll see that uh, david is connected uh, connected to our lord jesus christ and you know one another powerful thing if you see in matthew just one minute i'll spend on this before moving is you will see four mothers actually five but i'll concentrate four mothers who are mentioned there and you know mothers are never mentioned in genealogy they're not given any importance never given any importance but here specifically four mothers are are, are given in verse 3 you'll see tamar five rehab and ruth and then in verse 6 uriah's wife right and here we we see that uh, you know these these were not flattering women right they were not women who had a had a had a great past tamar was di- disguised herself as a prostitute rehab was a prostitute and a canaanite and we know that ruth was a moabite moabites are one of the most um, hated enemies of the israelites and bathsheba was exploited by david and yet she became the father to king solomon you know we we may think oh this seems very unflattering and we may not want to discuss it we may not want to talk about it but this shows just shows divine grace that in spite of this lineage in spite of you know people who think cannot be redeemed at all god allowed those folks to be part of his rich heritage and you know their inclusion shows that we all can be included in god's plan and you know many of them were not israelites again points to you know the salvation not just for jews but for the entire world good news is an inclusive gospel it is for everyone everyone can accept our lord jesus christ and then we we come we'll just come take a look quickly at the reasons why matthew you know this is what i could get from from both the genealogies right you know jesus of nazareth is a law is the long awaited promised one long awaited promised one right he is the one who would represent the entire council of god he is present there he is you can see the thread throughout every uh, every sermon that we have we have heard from the council of god in the last six odd months we may think it's from the old testament but haven't we seen the the thread of lord jesus christ coming through he is the one who prophets spoke of and he is the one whom the symbolism of restoration and redemption can be seen and he is the rightful son of david and forever 
the one true king. Let's turn now to Luke 2 and Matthew 2. We'll look at the events leading to the birth. In Luke 2 verse 4, Joseph goes to Bethlehem according to the lineage of David. And you see that how there's a census being done. And because of the census, they kind of have to go back to their hometown and they have to go back to Bethlehem. And there, the place is crowded because everyone's come back to their hometowns. And then in Luke 2 verse 7, in Luke 2 verse 7, we see the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is not really mentioned where it is. You know, there's always ambiguity of it was the lesser part of the home. It was a cow, it was a shed. It was a cave. It doesn't matter. All we know is it was not a clean place. It wasn't a nice place. And uh, in verse 7, in verse 6 onwards, I'll read. Luke 2 verse 6. So it was so that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Laid him in a manger. You know, manger is, is a feeding, feeding trough. You know, I, I put a small picture there below on the right. It's where donkeys and sheep and all the cattle go and eat, right? Eat the fodder. So it's just slobber of those animals. It's, it's filthy. It's dirty, right? It's, it's so humbling to know the son of God comes into the world in such a humble, simple situation. You know, he could have come in, in, in a, as, a, as a son of a king in a very mighty fashion, but he chose to come in a very humble fashion. And we see in, in the next steps also, we see announce him being announced to the shepherds in Luke 2, 8 to 14. You know, just, just, just grace to it. I, I won't go through the verses for lack of time. You know, the angel says, do not be afraid and says good tidings and great joy will come to all people, to all people. For today is born to you in the city of David, a savior, a savior, Christ the Lord. You know, being very specific to the shepherds. And what do they do? They said uh, the sign is that he'll be uh, uh, wrapped in swaddling cloths and in a manger. In a manger, right? And for them uh, to understand this would have been so wonderful. Not bad. You know, the, the, the Messiah has come into a simple surroundings to be with us. And they then take that word forward. And you know, shepherds become carriers of the good news. And they go and tell everyone. And we see that in Luke 2, uh, 15 to 20. And you know, shepherds are like the bottom of the economic tire, right? Very simple people. If you talk to any shepherd, you'll see they're very simple. They can't understand these things. But God gives them wisdom. And uh, they become the carriers of good news. And in, in, and in Matthew 2, 1 and 2, we, we see about the wise men who come from the east. And their calling out also is very beautiful, right? It says, where is he who has been born? King of the Jews. The wise men call out, call him out as king of the Jews, a baby. You know, these wise men could be from Persia and they could have read things, uh, the, the, the writings which are there from Daniel's time, and they know that there is a king coming. And they see the star and they and what have they come to do? Pagan people, they've come to worship him. They know that he is the son of God. So what are the promises that we are going to see being fulfilled? Very quickly, I'll just go through this to your lack of time. A virgin would be with child. This child, the son of God, 
the savior would be born of a woman galatians 4:4 says when the time when the time came to completion god sent his son born of a woman born under the law and that this person would be this this lord god would be the descendant of david and we have seen that through the line of joseph he would be born in bethlehem accomplished his name would be jesus the one who would deliver us or rescue us from our sins he shall save his people from their sins and the promise to adam and eve that their seed would save humanity and then the father son relationship you know in matthew 3:17 what does the lord god say after the baptism he says this is my beloved son in whom i am well please my beloved son and finally in verse 8 it says he will rule over an eternal kingdom and we will see that in in later in revelation 19 and 20 where he will overpower many entities and then he would be an eternal king and and the ninth one i put there is emmanuel god with us and you know he's he's not really officially named emmanuel right you know today in sports we have this this term called uh, greatest of all time goat but nobody says hey the goat is coming to bat no one says the you know the goat has scored a wonderful goal but emmanuel is is god with us he is the greatest blessing in this personal relationship we have with our lord these are the promises which are being fulfilled and now we'll just quickly look at who is this baby right who is this baby he is fully god brothers and sisters this has to be very clear for us before we can move forward because this triune god was present at the time of creation the son of god existed right from eternity and we see that in genesis 126 where the lord says let us make man in our image and according to our likeness the trinity was present during creation in john john 1 verse 1 and 2 which we read which we heard this morning in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was in the beginning with god and later from one uh, john 1 we are, it, it's very clear to see that this word wo- word is jesus and you know this in in hebrews 1 hebrews 1 1 to 3 we'll read this which talks about the pre incarnate christ the christ was present even before he was born in verse in hebrews 1 verse 2 uh, onwards has in the in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through him also he made the worlds who being in the brightness of his image jesus christ is the brightness of the image and glory of god the father this doesn't mean he reflects his glory he has his own glory he has his own power and he is the express image express image means the exact representation the exact nature of god the father the exact nature and upholding all things by the word of his power he upholds all things by his power and when he jesus had by himself purged us in sat hand sat down at the right hand of majesty on high he sat down on the right hand of god 
and you know this shows how a god was present much before his birth he is divine he is god and you know the uh, the angelic beings could not have an express image of god himself because he is the exact replication of god so so you know we also see many verses we'll just quickly read it where christ is god i just want to reiterate that where in romans 9:5 it says christ came who is all overall the eternal blessed god waiting for titus 2:13 says waiting for our blessed hope the appearing of the glory of a great god and savior christ jesus great god and christ jesus second peter 11 says to those who obtained a faith of equal standing by us by the righteousness of our god and savior jesus christ and you know this this messiah is supernatural he existed before his physical birth and you know god god could have sent the savior any other way right he could have he could have sent him some other way but he wanted him to be born of a woman and to show that this god would then serve humanity sacrifice and save humanity and apart from being god he was also fully human he was fully human in isaiah 96 it says for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and this in this tense it, it is it is that he existed before the tense is like in eternity past and before we knew him he has was present in john 114 it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us the word became flesh the word was present it just put on flesh and dwelt among us you know the word incarnation is is incarno in in latin which is to become flesh it was not something which was created but which was there from eternity past and you know uh, in hebrews 29 it says but we see him for a little while who was made little lower than the angels namely jesus crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death so that by the grace of god he might taste death for everyone so that he might taste death for everyone this was the reason for him to be incarnated in human form because he could taste death for us so that he could rise again and be our heavenly father you know this 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 whole concept of incarnation to be fully god and fully human you know it sometimes it it may confuse us right it may say we may think oh it's is it 50 50 or did he lose some of his divinity when he became human you know none of that right and and this is where the son of god put on his human nature put on his human human nature in perfect harmony none of his none of it was diminished none of it was covered the two natures fully coexisted in the person of christ fully coexisted in the person of christ and these two distinguishing natures never mixed rather the the identity was of each was preserved and praise god for this right you know it may be tough for us to understand this but this is our god you know the 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 term god man is used but in our indian context it always gets 
watered down when we see these are other god men in in their usual colors but this is the one true god who became man for us for us to die on the cross for our sins so why did he have to come as man why did he have to do that let's take a quickly take a look at that as well yeah so that he could share in our humanity right he could share in our physical death and we see that in hebrews 2 14 to 15 and we'll we'll quick we due to lack of time we won't go through it in detail but but we know that he put on humanity so that he could break the power of the devil and he could set us free and in in hebrews 4 14 to 16 it, it talks about sympathizing with our weaknesses he was able to understand our weaknesses though he was being in the form of man he was tempted in all ways but without sin yet without sin so he is able to sympathize with us he is able to to understand where where we come from and when we go to him we can draw close to him to through the throne of throne of grace and say lord lord jesus you have experienced what we have experienced hence he will give us his mercy and grace in time of need he is able to sympathize with us first timothy 2:5 says for there is one god one mediator between god and man the man christ jesus there is one mediator you know god could not just mediate for us but this lord jesus christ because he became man he knew our suffering he knew with god the father he is able to relate and he says and he is our perfect mediator and finally there's one more reason which i could understand which is to be our righteous judge to be our righteous judge in john 5:22 it says for the father judges no one but has committed all judgment to the son that all should honor the son just as they honor the father yes one of the reasons is so that we can give honor to the son the son has been given all this authority to judge us it is not god the father who judges but it is the son and there's one more reason that's in 527 he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man because he is the son of man you know here john is bringing out that the aspect that this is the son of man he has experienced what you have experienced and hence he is the one who will judge us and you know what's beautiful about that is even though he was unfairly judged when he was here he was put to death when he should not have been he will come back to judge his enemies he will come back and he will be honored by the same world which cursed him and rejected him brothers and sisters this is our lord jesus christ he was fully man and fully god he is at the right hand of the father interceding for each one of us and he knows us name by name those of us who have called him as abba father those who have us who have accepted him as the beloved we have access to a holy god through uh, the the our lord and savior jesus christ you know it is by our sins that we lost the access to this lord right but it is because of our lord jesus christ and that sacrifice that we now have access to him it had to be a man to die on that cross 
for our sins. It was man who started the problem and it is this one man who created the solution. How far was Lord, our Lord God willing to go? How far was our Lord willing to go to save us? He loved us so much that he let go of his very son on that cross of Calvary so that we all could be purchased by his precious blood. What an amazing story. And that is what we're going to see in the next few weeks as well. And I praise God for this Savior being fully God and fully human. is able to sympathize with our weaknesses, is able to intercede for us, is able to be our righteous judge. And you know, the story of Jesus' birth is incomplete if we do not understand his humanity and his divinity. We have to understand both to understand him completely. And the story of his birth is incomplete if we do not understand his life, death, burial, and resurrection. That was the purpose for Jesus to come into this world. His birth was with one pure purpose, the cross, to redeem us. And if we miss that one point, there is no point in celebrating Christmas. There is no point in celebrating or understanding his birth. His death was the reason for his arrival. And when we truly believe his finished work, if we truly believe his finished work on the cross of Calvary, we, Calvary, we are united in his death, burial, and resurrection. We are dead to sin and alive in Christ Jesus. I hope that each one of us present here is dead to sin and alive in Christ, Christ Jesus and that we have Christ Jesus as our Savior and we have the Holy Spirit in us to, 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 to correct us when we go astray. Our Lord Jesus Christ has saved us to the uttermost and he has paved the way for our eternal redemption. Praise be to God. I'll just end with this one slide which shows a breakdown of the four Gospels. You know, Mark is kind of silent on the birth, but Matthew focuses on him being the king. And that was the Matthew's lineage through David all the way through Joseph. And Luke focuses on him being man. And if you look on the right, he says how it shows birth of Matthew. Matthew shows about the promised king. And Luke talks about the humanity of Christ. And in John, it just gives us a, a beautiful prologue to the Christ, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ being incarnate. So I hope this will help you study this further in your groups, uh, study it in, in your personal time as well. Um, the genealogy is good. All of that has wonderful learnings, which we should explore and not flip over as I have done, admittedly. But uh, I hope that, yes, this we'll have powerful conversations this week as we enter the New Testament with Christ's birth. And uh, let's continue to see this thread of our Jesus Christ right up to Revelation. Shall we just close? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this uh, time. We thank you, Lord, for being our Lord and Master and for the time of worship which we had and for the Holy Spirit to guide us uh, through that time of worship. We thank you, Lord, for 
the word this morning and for coming alive lord for the word coming alive to us lord and for enabling us to understand oh lord jesus that you are the one true king you oh lord are the one who was pre incarnate oh lord but came in human form to die for our sins and we thank you that we have redemption in you and we pray oh lord that we will continue to study this and understand more about you in the days and months to come we thank you lot for this time and we ask for the sin in through name of lord and savior jesus christ